Hi there, and welcome back to Blade & Moore's podcast series, Centre Stage. My name is Richard Carpenter, and I'm the Chief Executive of Blade & Moore. In Centre Stage, we tackle the issues that business communicators face, from investor communications to ESG to employee engagement and brand. This is the second episode in a two-part series about talent and culture. So if you haven't listened to the first part, do that now before listening to this episode. Once again, I'm joined by Jig Ramji, Group Head of Talent at London Stock Exchange Group, otherwise known as LSEG, and we'll be talking today about talent and culture. Jig, uh, good to see you again. Welcome back to Centre Stage. Thanks for joining us again. Well, good to be here again. Thanks, Richard. A lot of what we talked about is, is related to culture, but maybe we can focus a bit more specifically on, on that now. What sort of culture do you want the London Stock Exchange Group to be known for? Um, is there a definition of that culture and how is it evolving? So we, again, I tell a story because I think stories help people understand how much emphasis and importance was placed on this. Um, I, When I first joined, I think it was probably a couple of weeks after um, me actually joining, um, I was asked to attend a meeting, um, which was label something like culture, um, culture discussion, which is a very strange thing to do. Um, and, you know, because m- very many organizations I'd worked for in the past had not placed such great emphasis on culture. So I, uh, of course, dial into this meeting. I didn't really dial in because it's a, it's a video call, but we still call it dial into this meeting. Um, it's quite a strange one. Um, and, you know, there's David Schwimmer, our CEO, and uh, David Craig, the CEO of Refinitiv, in this meeting. So I was kind of taken aback somewhat, thinking, what are they doing in this meeting? And it was something that they felt incredibly passionate about, that when we bring these two organizations together, we need to make sure that we have the right culture for the organization to move forward. I tell that story because when I tell that story to some of my ex-colleagues in other organizations, they're like, no way. The CEO's focused on that? I said, yeah, like really focused on that and i even had to check myself because i was a bit like i'm not sure that's that that's what ceo should be spending time on but actually that's what ceo should be spending time on you know and because they felt so passionately about it they have used that as the foundation of building whether it's our purpose our strategy our principles of how we work um our objectives across the organization, it sits as a, as, a, as a foundational pillar to everything that we do, how we recognize people, how we evaluate their performance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so the, the reason why we place such emphasis on it is because, and, I, and again, I should use David's words, not my own, it's mission critical because if we get our culture right, the rest will follow. And what will mean you've got your culture right? Can you give me some specifics in in that regard? We've got three key pillars when it comes to our culture, which is connect, um, create opportunity, and and deliver excellence. Now, of course, there's an abundance of granularity I could go through, but that would make this podcast incredibly boring for for the listeners. Um, But those, those are the three things which we believe in terms of behaviors and values that will help our organization to succeed. Connect, it, it kind of lends itself for people understanding that actually if we connect as an organization across our functions, we'll create the opportunities to grow our products, to grow our business, to grow our revenue. Um, and 
as long as we do all of that well, we deliver excellence on behalf of our clients and each other, um, we will succeed as an organization. So the, the, the real foundational pillars of how we interact with each other every day, and there is that consistency in, in our approach, regardless of whether you're in Bangalore or whether you're in Manila, whether you're in the US, the UK, et cetera, et cetera. So for, for us, that's, that's what success looks like, that people know that, oh, that's the LSEG way. That's oh, that's how we do it at Elseg. That's 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 exactly how we behave at Elseg, and if we also get all of those things right, it lends itself to us having an inclusive culture, inclusive leaders, and the opportunity for every single employee to grow their careers at the organisation. And what's changed on on the wider cultural debate or wider culture debate um, within organisations? You know, thirty years or so ago, you had many successful organisations, but culture wasn't so much of a great debate wasn't so topical why has it come so much to the fore now you 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 see a lot of discussion around purpose and the need for purpose-led organizations and i know that lseg's been um, absolutely focused on that sort of thing as well but why has it come to the fore why is it so important now i'm 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 not sure that it that it ever wasn't important now perhaps we got away with it as organizations i think that would be fair to say i think we kind of got away with it um, even when I was um, going into the workplace, I remember having a conversation with my dad. He has slightly traditional ways of thinking when it comes to the, the workplace. And you know, everything was about what you had to do to get yourself into the organization and be successful. And it wasn't really a choice. It was like, get yourself a good job, get your head down and work hard. Whereas I, I think what, if we get all of this right, it creates belonging. And if, it, if you feel belonging towards your organization, yes, of course, you will put that discretionary effort in. But actually, you feel proud of what the organization is doing, hence the purpose piece. Um, and if you do, if, if organizations do get that right, I think it goes back full circle to some of the earlier questions you were asking me, which was, we'll, we'll, we'll retain our top talent, we'll retain our employees, because yes, of course, they could go to another organization, but perhaps that the culture of that other organization isn't as strong as LSEG's. And I'm not crazy enough or sycophantic enough to, to say that if we got our culture perfect, that you know no one would ever leave. I think that's nuts, right? I don't think that's ever going to happen. But it should be a decision point for every single employee that actually I'm not just leaving a, a great job. I'm leaving a great culture. I'm leaving a great organization. Am I ready to do that for this other opportunity? And I can safely say, from a very personal perspective, the organizations I've stayed with the longest are probably the ones that had the strongest culture or the, or the culture that aligned best with my personal values. Whereas others, it wasn't a decision factor in terms of me leaving. You know, So I think the importance has you know, perhaps been exacerbated right now because I think organizations are recognizing that there is more choice and there is more opportunity. So how are we going to ensure that we put ourselves in the best competitive place to retain our top talent? You mentioned purpose again there, and we've touched upon it a few times in this conversation. Why is that so important to LSEG? What does it mean for, for the group? I think it's a question that we get asked about more now than I think certainly um, 10, 15 years ago. And I remember talking to my mum about a 
prospective opportunity that I had. And she went, you can't work for them. I won't say who it is because it's a bit unfair. And it kind of articulates her personal uh, values and views. And I was like, why? And she said, well, it's just just what they do, you know. And it didn't strike me when I was uh, initially having some of those conversations. But after she talked about it, I thought, would I rather work here or would I rather work there? And actually, if I was to evaluate it on a purpose-led piece, there was, you know, it was... It's a very easy decision point. And I think people have just started to recognize that that's quite important in terms of how you personally feel um, about um, working for an organization, but also telling your friends and people that you meet, oh, I work for, you know. And so it's really important for LSEG because the opportunity to work for LSEG and what we do is quite purpose-led. You know, one of the things we talk about is empowering economies. And if we do what we do well, and it empowers economies around the world and moves markets and creates opportunity for people in those communities, then that can have a real positive impact across the globe. And it then lends really nicely into a purpose-led organization. And we haven't talked about that in the past. Not that it it's changed dramatically, but by talking about that, people recognize and say, that's really cool that actually that's the impact that we can have across the globe. And it's, much, it's global, it's related to economies, it's related to growth, and it's related to creating opportunity for people. And when people start to truly understand and believe that, they get really excited about the role that they play, regardless of which division or function that they're in, or which country that they're in. Some of your products are um, very ESG-related, um, environment, social, and governance-related. Uh, and obviously, that's, that's very topical at the moment, uh, particularly in, in the financial services space, but across all sectors. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, historically, it's grown from corporate responsibility programs and so forth. Um, what does ESG mean for um, your group, and how important is that for you in, in talent attraction and retention? So, I mean, this is a multifaceted question in, in many ways. Um, so with anything being an industry trend, our product development serves our customers. So I think that's one aspect of it. So it's, you know, on a purely selfish perspective, it's a, it's a revenue generating opportunity and supports our customer base. From, a very, from an organizational perspective, it's something that people are incredibly interested in and ask questions about. And again, it leads to responsibility of, of ourselves as an employer. And therefore, we have a, because of the role that we play, we have a role as leaders, uh, whether that's in the FTSE 100 or whether that's as, as global as a global organization, there is there is a leadership role that we have to play um, so that we can influence other organizations to do the very same. And so that aspect of it is incredibly important, not just to our most senior leaders, but all of our employee base, because they want us to be leaders across the ESG space um, from a product perspective, but also from an organization perspective, because again, it leads to uh, Perspective: People being attracted to the London Stock Exchange Group and people within the organisation, you know, being being really proud of the organisation. It is topical. It is something that everyone cares about, and I've never seen such interest in it across our employee base. Uh, virtually all we've talked about has a communications angle to it. Um, 
I probably would say that because we're a communications agency. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, it's obviously very important to get some of these messages out to, to both your existing um, colleagues and potential future colleagues too. In terms of that engagement with those groups, what are the challenges you're currently seeing? Um, you know, we talked about hybrid working environment. Um, there's been a proliferation of digital channels in recent years, uh, both, both internally and, and externally. What sort of challenges are you seeing now in terms of communicating and getting some of these messages out to to your employees and, and prospective employees? I think you've you've kind of given me a few clues there, I think, in the question, haven't you, Richard? I think there there are so many channels, I think, compared to what people were used to in terms of communication um, back in the day. And I think we've got to utilize all of those channels because people, um, people take in information in very, very different ways. And I think there is no one size fits all. Um, and I, if, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think we've utilized all of the different channels that we could do um, to get some of our messages across. And that's a big gap, I think. Um, I think we have to utilize different techniques, different mediums and different opportunities to say the same thing over and over again. Um, and also we've got to get that convergence of internal and external communication right because actually as an employee of LSEG, I often read about LSEG as the way I interpret information about my organization, whereas in the past people would be like, well, you get information from LSEG about LSEG to its employees. But actually the reality is there is so much out there and so much information about our organization that we've got to get the external and internal piece so consistent and so perfect that you know our, our employees, our people, our influencers, our advocates all consume that information in, in, the, in, in the same way so that effectively that communication creates the brand of the organization. Um, and this is very this is my soapbox moment again, but it's that convergence of everything again, where communication leads to brand, brand leads to communication, um, and the people function as we know it today are not only brand ambassadors, but they are marketeers of the proposition, which I think sometimes gets lost. Um, because people always talk about different roles for different people in the organization. But for me, that convergence of skill set is so, so important now. You mentioned earlier that uh, former colleagues contacting you in the wake of International Women's Day. Clearly, they're seeing some of these messages in, in various forms, and I'm guessing in, in social media. Um, are there particular channels that you've used that you're you're proud of initiatives in, or you know anything that's been particularly successful? Any any lessons learned in that regard? I think using our own people to communicate those messages has probably been the most successful um, medium. I mean, and, and that goes without saying, doesn't it? I think if you hear from different employees of an organisation about the organisation doing whether it's good things or great things or negative things, you will you will heed that message. Whereas if you get a corporate account, whether it's on social media, you know, the LSEG social media account saying that this is what we're doing, it kind of doesn't it doesn't feel real, it doesn't feel authentic, it doesn't feel genuine. But when our own employees talk about things um, and share their perspective, whether that's color commentary alongside what we're doing, that makes a significant impact because people feel their heart and soul in that communication rather than a branded communication. Let, let me give you an example. We've been talking about launching a returners program um, for quite some time, and we, we have launched it. And 
it's a returners program in terms of people who've been out of the workplace for a period of time. So as an example, um, if a mother's been out of the workplace for a couple of years because she took on full-time caring responsibility, let's say. And, you know, for me to share that as a group head of talent is great. But then some of the some of the messages that then went out as a result of my share from our own employees across the globe in different locations had a much more significant impact. And people were saying, this is so cool, this is great, it's amazing, because people added their own commentary to it. So oh, I wish we had something like this when I was going through this. And all of a sudden, it's the voices of LSEG that you hear rather than the voice of the LSEG communication team or the LSEG HR team or the LSEG people team. And I think that's been probably the most successful medium for us is getting the voices of LSEG talking about LSEG. And what about internally? How, what's what's given you the greatest cut through in terms of sharing information within the organization? Obviously, there's the, the challenges we've talked about in people not being in offices as much as perhaps they have been in the past. And you know, certainly, you know, a few years back, office environments were quite a good way of, of sharing messages, uh, whether it be next to the kettle or next to the light switch. or uh, you know, That, to some extent, has gone. Um, I'm not suggesting that was the, the main the main vehicle, but it was a vehicle. Um, what's been most successful for you in, in the current environment? Where How are you getting messages out to people most successfully? So I think some of the some of the work that we've done, uh, we've actually, we did some, as an example, we did some podcasting uh, around leadership at LSEG. I'm not saying, it, again, it was perfect, but we've, we've tried different things and, you know, that's gone down really, really well. Um, we were very lucky enough to have a studio um, within our LSEG building in Paternoster Square. So we've used that to produce um, high quality videos um, and events as well, which have worked really, really well, connecting the globe, uh, connecting our leaders across different countries. And so we've really utilized the technology and we've really utilized different mediums. I still think there's so much we can do. Um, what I think has worked is the authenticity in terms of how we're delivering some of those messages. Um, and you asked me about how, how do you know it's working? You know, I've had people say, I really do believe you care about diversity. I really genuinely believe that you care about this. It's coming through that you care about it. I feel it. So I think that authenticity, more so than even the different mediums, has been our success factor because people are actually feeling it rather than just hearing it. And what about face-to-face -face communication? Um, obviously, there's return of face-to-face -face meetings, but town halls and the like... Are they being utilised as much as they were? You know, how how has that how has that situation changed? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll ever go back to just everyone in a theatre type town hall or in a in a building. Um, I think we've 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 now hit hybrid max, if that makes sense. So, I think town halls are happening in buildings again and with local attendance, but that's also then being projected across the globe as well. So we had one in our function recently, um, and we had live attendees in three or three or four locations, but then everything else was hybrid as well and connecting those three locations together as well. And that worked really nicely. And I think that's the future. Um, it's going to be a combination of live plus technology, uh, distributing that content interactively across the globe. And to finish up, if there was uh, anything you'd like as a goal for the future in terms of your role or or key things that you're thinking about over the next few months or, or year or so, 
what would that include? What, what's the, the, the driving um, force for you in, in the coming months? There's so much. And again, I could go through a, a list which would become rather cumbersome and boring for many people. But I think we've we've got to do, as an organization, the very best for our people. And for me, that would mean that we create opportunities um, and grow our people. So the next generation of leaders at our organization, in terms of the most senior leaders, come from within. I think for me, if we can grow our people in order to take the most significant and important roles in the organizations, that would be a measure of our success. Uh, and one of the ambitions that we have as an organization, of course, I would say that as the, the head of talent, but I think we get the culture right, we get our leaders right, and the outcome is that you know we create opportunities for our people in a way that we've not done in the past. Brilliant. Jig, thank you very much for your time and for joining us on Centre Stage. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. In future episodes, we'll be discussing other important issues that business communicators face. So don't forget to subscribe to Centre Stage wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.